Welcome to the Professional Writer Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Christensen. I'm here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. Whether you're an emerging or an established writer looking for practical tips to help you develop and sustain forward momentum, or you enjoy candid conversations with business professionals who share what it's really like to be a professional writer, you'll get that here on the Professional Writer Podcast. You'll find the show notes and a link to join our private Facebook community at bloggingbistro.com forward slash podcast. I was teaching at a writer's conference last week on the topic of email marketing or e-newsletters or email list building, whatever you want to call it. I taught a six-hour class on e-newsletters. I also taught a general workshop on e-newsletters, email marketing, and I led what was called a roundtable discussion where we had a group of people show up and we all discussed the topic of email marketing. And then I also did a bunch of coaching and critique sessions where I met one-on-one with writers and they asked me questions and picked my brain about list building. So I was deeply immersed in the topic of email list building throughout that conference. And what I noticed was a couple of questions, both in the workshops and classes that I taught, as well as in the general sessions where everybody attended. There were a couple of key questions about email list building that came up over and over again. I want to address those questions and provide you with my response, my answer, on today's episode of the Professional Writer Podcast. The first question, or perhaps I should say misconception, that I noticed a lot of writers have about email list building is they assume that you can use your regular email address and bulk email your contacts, your friends, your quote subscribers through your regular email account or your email client. And the answer to that is a big fat no. In the United States, that is illegal. There is a federal law called the CAN-SPAM, C-A-N-S-P-A-M law that is meant to attack the spread of spammy emails. So the first thing that you'll want to do if you are planning to start sending out e-newsletters or building an email list is to create an account with an email service provider, an email marketing service. There are dozens and dozens of good ones out there. Some of the ones that I use with my clients and that I recommend are MailerLite, M-A-I-L-E-R-L-I-T-E.com. This is an excellent starter service because they have a free plan that is pretty intuitive and provides a fairly robust array of features for the person who is just starting out with email marketing. Another good one that I have begun using recently with a couple of my clients is Flowdesk, F-L-O-D-E-S-K.com. Flowdesk is meant for a creative person, and yes, we writers are creatives. 
it does not have all the features that some of the other email marketing services have. So if you're curious and you want to learn a little bit more about Flowdesk, you can set up a one-on-one -on -one consultation with me and we can kind of discuss the pros and cons of some of these different services. The email marketing service that I use is AWeber, the letter A W E B E R dot com. And I have used AWeber for many, many years, and it provides all the bells and whistles and goodies that I need in order to do my own email list building efficiently. Another one that many, many authors use that has been considered a good starter system is MailChimp, M-A-I-L-C-H-I-M-P.com. I have used MailChimp with many, many of my clients over the years. And frankly, I'm starting to switch a lot of my clients from MailChimp to MailerLite. Because over the last year or two, MailChimp made some fairly significant changes to their program, particularly the free version of their program, and they raised their prices astronomically. And so I don't really feel that it is the best deal for people who are just starting out anymore. And then ConvertKit is another one that I haven't used very much, but I have heard really amazing things about it. Similar to AWeber, it is a very full-featured email marketing service. It's also fairly intuitive to use. So all of these email marketing services work basically the same. You need to sign up with a third-party email marketing service in order to legally send emails to your subscribers. You cannot just do it from your regular email address and just bulk send to 50 or 100 or 1,000 or however many people from your email client. That's a really great way to get your email address banned for good. And then you won't be able to send emails to anybody. The second point I want to make, and this is something that most of us don't even realize until we get set up with one of those email marketing services. We create our account, we start customizing our account, putting in all the information that they require from us, and we discover that they are asking us for a valid postal mailing address. Not only that, but every single time we send an email to our subscribers, that mailing address is displayed at the bottom of every email we send out. Again, this is a federal law in the United States that you have to display a valid mailing address. The reason for this is to help prevent the spread of spammy junk emails. They want to be able to verify that there is a real address associated with this particular account. You'll want to really seriously consider the valid postal address that you want to display on every email that goes out. I decided early on that I did not want to display my home address to anybody. I invested in a post office box so that I could use that as my business mailing address. If you live in the United States, there are three viable options for displaying your mailing address in ways other than displaying your home address. And so I'm going to walk you through those right now. The first one is a P.O. box from the United States Postal Service. When I first started my blogging bistro business back in 2007, I obtained a USPS P.O. box. 
and it was fairly inexpensive to get one back in those days. However, in typical USPS fashion, they continue to increase the price year after year, and so it just keeps going up and up and up. And here's what you need to know if you're going to get a P.O. box from the U.S. Postal Service. The price that you'll pay for your P.O. box mainly depends on three main items. First of all, it depends on the size of your P.O. box, and they come in five different sizes from extra small to extra large. Secondly, it depends on your location, and I really can't give you any more information than that, but what I did read about the cost of P.O. boxes says that it varies from location to location. And then third, it depends on your billing period, whether you rent your P.O. box for three months at a time or six months at a time. So generally, they either have a three-month billing period or a six-month billing period. The P.O. box that I rent is the smallest size. I believe it's an extra small. And currently, I am paying $165 per year for my P.O. box. The research I did showed that a typical P.O. box, the extra small size, which is the one that I rent, goes for anywhere between $52 to $176 per year. So for me, at $165 per year, I'm at the upper end of that payment schedule. The second option for getting a street address for your e-newsletter would be to go to the UPS store, United Parcel Service store. The advantage of getting a UPS box is that their boxes show a real street address on them. My P.O. box is a, you know, P.O. box, da-da-da-da-da. But a UPS box is going to have a real street address associated with it. Some of their locations offer 24-hour access to your mailbox. Not all of them do, so you'll want to check with your local UPS store to see what hours they are open and that you can go in and collect your email. Unfortunately, I don't have pricing for you on UPS mailboxes. When you go to their website, they have a big button that says that you need to call your local office to get a quote. The third option is to obtain a virtual mailbox. Before the conference, I didn't even know that virtual mailboxes existed, but we had the discussion in one of the workshops that I was teaching, and one of my students, Judy, did some research into virtual mailboxes, and she sent this information to me. So thank you, Judy, for this information that I'm going to share right now. The research that Judy did into virtual mailboxes turned up one that she actually signed up with, which is called iPostal one.com and that is the letter i postal p o s t a l and the numeral 1 i postal 1.com similar to a ups box when you get a virtual mailbox it displays a real us street address which is exactly what you want when you're setting up your email list there's also access to an app or you can get access online to help you manage your email, which sounds kind of cool. Some of their optional services, including forwarding your mail and your packages to, I suppose that would be to your home address, or you can go pick up your mail at a specific location that is in your local area. Now, not all local areas have this particular service. So as you're researching it online, the first thing you're going to want to do is to see if it is available in your town. 
Judy told me that the plan she signed up for costs $9.99 a month, which equals out to $119.88 for the year. Or there's also a plan if you pay by the year instead of by the month, you get a little bit of a discount there and you pay $99 for the year. So you look at what Judy's paying, $99 a year for her virtual mailbox versus the $165 a year that I pay for my P.O. box. That's a pretty significant difference in price. If you are just starting out with building your email list, you're getting hooked up with one of these email marketing services, and you want to show a real U.S. street address is not your home address, At $99 per year, sounds like a pretty decent deal. Back in episode 26, which was titled Three Tools to Protect the Privacy of Your Business, I also talked about having a P.O. box just for general business purposes. And I also mentioned the importance of having a business phone number. And the third thing we talked about in that episode was having an email address that is related to your domain, which makes me think of another question that people were asking a lot at the Writers' Conference where I was teaching on email marketing. The question was, when I am sending out my e-newsletter to my subscribers, can I use my Gmail address or my Hotmail address or my Yahoo address, one of those free email services that a lot of people have addresses through? Can I, And I'll just use Gmail because that's the one that most people use. Can I use my Gmail address to send emails out to my subscribers? Because you also have to show a valid email address on every email that goes out to your subscribers in addition to that mailing address that you display. I will warn you that whatever email marketing service you use is going to show you in big red letters and flashing lights that they do not want you to use one of the free email addresses to send your emails to your subscribers. They do not want you to use a Gmail address. Again, the reason for that is spam. A lot of the spammers and scammers out there use one of those free email addresses to spam millions and millions of people. And so the email marketing services are extremely cautious about Gmail and other free email addresses. My recommendation to you here is to set up an email address that is associated with your domain. So for example, the domain that I own for my business is bloggingbistro.com. The email address that I have associated with that domain is laura at bloggingbistro.com. It's not laura at gmail.com. It's associated specifically with my website address. And it is verified with my email marketing service. I have verified my domain, which lets them know I am a legitimate business and that this email address that I am using to send emails to my subscribers is a legitimate email address. They're not going to legitimatize. Is that a word? Legitimatize? I don't think it is. I think I just made that up. But they are not going to view a Gmail address as being a legitimate address for sending out emails. Now, I'm not saying that they won't deliver it to your subscribers if you use Gmail or Hotmail or Outlook or whatever, but the deliverability may go way down. You want to do your email marketing legally and ethically, so you are going to get set up with a third-party email marketing service. 
Secondly, you are going to display either a PO box or a real street address that is hopefully not your home address at the bottom of every single email you send out. And third, you are going to obtain an email address that is related to your website address so that you're not using Gmail or one of those free email systems to send out emails to your subscribers. I've given you a lot to think about today and three specific action steps that you can begin taking right away if you haven't already done them. If you'd like to learn more about email marketing and to really put a strong foundation in place for your own email list building, I invite you to sign up for my free course. It's called Email Marketing for Writers, Seven Days to Launch Your List. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes for today's episode over at bloggingbistro.com forward slash podcast. The course is delivered, not surprisingly, through email. So it's a series of seven short video lessons that you can do on your own as often as you want and go through it at your own pace. And just in case you've missed any of the last four episodes where we have been talking a lot about email marketing related topics, that would be episode 78, When Should I Start Writing My Book? Episode 79, Four Strategies for Growing the Know, Like, Trust Factor. Episode 80, Jumpstart Your Email List Group Coaching Program Walkthrough, and Episode 81, Becoming a Writerpreneur. During those four episodes, I have been introducing you to my group coaching program called Jumpstart Your Email List. Just want to put a little bug in your ear that the program starts March 15th. 2022. Registration is open, and if you haven't had a chance to register yet, I would love to have you join the program. You'll find all the information that you need to know about Jumpstart Your Email List at bloggingbistro.com forward slash email. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You'll find more resources in the show notes at bloggingbistro.com forward slash podcast. Also, in the show notes, there's a link you can click to subscribe to the podcast, and I will email you a notification to every episode. When you subscribe, I'll also email you a bonus gift, my quick start guide called Essential Resources for Running a Writing Business. You can also listen to the show via your favorite podcasting app. Just open your app and key in The Professional Writer. When the show pops up in your app, save it to your favorites so you don't miss an episode. Or you can simply tell your smart speaker, play the Professional Writer Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please share it with a friend. Talk with you again next time.